The following podcast is a Simpronto Media production. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And today we have Anna Freeling, and she's going to be talking about how to get break free from the addiction of sugar and how addictive it is, the 12 different steps. So we are so excited to have you. And Anna, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to speak about something that's really not known about. Um, you know, sugar addiction is a uh, Addiction is really one disease, many outlets, kind of like your house is wired, right? You have one uh, power system or one set of, of uh, you know, your little breaker system and all the wiring goes to that, to all these different outlets. And you can plug in different things into those outlets. So I've been trained by Bitten Johnson, who's world renowned for her um, successful treatment of sugar and food addicts for years. And she uh, she says that sugar addiction is the primary addiction. In other words, it comes first. And that's because we're exposed so young to sugar and processed foods, including in infancy, say, with like formula, which is loaded with, uh, you know, high fructose corn syrup and things like that. I think some of the formulas are getting a little bit better, but they're still very sweet, very hyper palatable foods from birth. Mm. So let's talk about how do you know if you are a true sugar addict or if you just like sugar, right? Well, everyone likes sugar and that's completely <laughs> natural because our brain is hardwired for survival. So addicts have a very special brain. And I'm convinced that the reason that the, that there's still people on earth is because of us, because we got up in the morning and we were like, let's hunt, let's gather. I remember where the berries were, right? Because we like wanted to eat and have sex and do all of these things. But in our modern times, what's happened is we never have times of lean. We never have that natural off button. So now, you know, sugar consumption has gone up and everything else. So now what happens to the brain? So an addicted brain is different than a normal brain. And you can actually see that on scans. And what's happened is that wiring system has been hijacked, that dopamine has been hijacked and it's been rewired. In fact, with my clients, I use a video that came out last year, baby's first ice cream. And it just shows this baby just innocently sitting there minding her own business. And all of a sudden they give her the ice cream cone and she literally like, you can see the wiring changing. In other words, the neurons that wire to, or that fire together, wire together. So what's happening in the brain is now you have this euphoric recall. So now your brain is going to remember what it felt like to get that first high or that first hit, you know, that addicts talk about. And to be able to tell the difference, you know, you can ask yourself some questions. And there's actually a quick six question quiz that's free online called the Suncope. And we'll be posting that at SugarX Global as well. But it's a, a question that deals with amount or, you know, usage, amount of usage, that kind of thing. Um, have you tried to stop? Usually addicts try to stop doing something. Um, after one bite, can you not stop? It's kind of like one bite is too many and a thousand is never enough. So you have people that can moderate and they're like, 
hey, you know, I've had, uh, I've been going crazy a little bit too crazy lately. I'm just going to tighten things up. And they're able to do that no problem. And they make a decision to, you know, I've learned from my past. I'm going to have, you know, cake on my birthday. I'll have a treat on the holidays. Maybe I'll have a square of chocolate after dinner and I'm good, right? And they can do that and they do it well. And then you have the people who they take one taste and they're sneaking back to the fridge. So addicts sneak, cheat, lie, steal, you know, like for me and my addiction, I would get up from the couch and I would be like, okay, you know, I'm going to go get a glass of water. And I would hurry up and eat like four or five um, spoonfuls of ice cream out of the freezer and then come back. Like I didn't do anything. Right. So it's, it's kind of that whole, it's a whole different thing. There's a lot of behaviors that go with addiction that cause you guilt and shame and cause you to feel uh, powerless and out of control. And it's because you, you you can't control the substance that is causing this wiring to fire. And once you take one bite of that, that wiring just keeps going off. Like it wants more. And this is like, you see little kids crying in the grocery store line for talkies, you know, or please mom, please, you know, and they, they look like little junkies because honestly they are. And, and sugar is the gateway drug. So you know, if anyone gets anything out of this, limit your kids' sugar. Don't just give them, don't give them food as a coping mechanism. You know, that's that's something that can cause disordered eat, eating, whether you're an addict or not. So I like what you said. You said one bite is too many, a thousand isn't enough. That is a really good definition because it's like if you have one bite, you feel like you can't have enough, you know, I always say people who are naturally thin, they can have three bites and they can comfortably stop without any problem at all. So they can have three bites of a piece of cake and they can easily push it away. And I heard a story about this a girl um, who had, she had, she had a sugar addiction and she had bought a cake and she didn't want to eat anymore. So she went and put it in the trash. She put Comet all over it. And then she wanted it so badly that she went and took it out of the trash, scraped off the top layer where all the Comet was, and then ate the inside. Yes. <laughs> and, and I would say that that is true. But I also would say that it's a, it's a misunderstanding of the disease of addiction to think that thin people aren't addicts. In other words... There are a lot of thin, I have a lot of thin clients that have never had a weight problem. And when I do the sugar tool on them, which is Bitten Johnson's tool that she created as an assessment tool for sugar addiction. And uh, when I've done this on thinner people, what I get is a, is a curve that shows that their addiction started very early. And by eight years old, they were dieting. And by like, I have one client who at 13, she was anorexic. And at 20, she was bulimic. And then she went on to exercise bulimia. So her whole thing was trying to control, trying to control. And so she had all kinds of uh, behavioral addictive symptoms due to the food. She was trying to control her use of food and she couldn't do it. And so addicts come in all shapes and sizes and some come in all shapes and sizes on, for, for one person. So they could have started off thin, become heavy, went back to thin, maybe got underweight, 
then back to overweight, you know, so each person is different, but addiction doesn't care what size you are. It manifests itself and its symptoms in different ways for each person. So sometimes I think um, the thin people have a harder time recovering because they don't see, they, people like to look at their outsides and think they know what addiction looks like when really it's your insides. It's the obsession and compulsion around food. It's the obsession and compulsion about what can I do to earn my next meal? You know, that kind of thing. That's how a thin person might be thinking if they're an addict and not all thin people are addicts, but there's a majority of, of thin people that you would think, oh, they've got it under control. Well, just look at their gym schedule. They might be spending two or three hours at uh, at the Y or, you know, they're, they're basically obsessed and compulsed about their body image and what they're doing to control what they can eat. You know, I've, I've known runners over the years that, oh, I'm running a marathon on Saturday, so I'm just going to load up on carbs. And they, I mean, it's like they're, they're talking about, you know, the Christmas, Christmas or the 4th of July, you can just see the fireworks going off in their brain. They're so excited to be able to gorge out on as many carbs as they want to. And that's just not normal. You know, food is fuel. It's not, uh, and we are supposed to enjoy it, but we're not supposed to go crazy like that. You know, so. So let's talk about some of the things that you now. Do you eat fruit or do you not eat any fruit either? Once in a while, I eat some berries and I measure them because I don't trust myself uh, with portions when it comes to sweet foods. And uh, I'm, I have five autoimmune diseases, so I'm very limited on what I can eat. There are three reasons that you eliminate food from your diet. And, and we have a pyramid and we say the base of the pyramid is addiction. So you remove all known psychoactive foods. And so we believe grains are psychoactive. You know, uh, we get rid of the industrial seed oils or the, the vegetable oils just because they're horrible for you anyway. And they, and they do interfere with your body processing and your metabolism and everything. And we get rid of all sugars and sugar has over 70 different names, including natural sugars. And so that means honey and molasses and all that stuff goes as well, because your brain doesn't know the difference. It's a psychoactive substance to your brain. And for some people, dairy, because dairy contains opioids and, and different things that hook onto different parts of your brain. And can, so then you then you go to the second thing, and that's the health section. Do you have health issues? So say you have metabolic syndrome or you have diabetes or high blood pressure, autoimmune disease, whatever, cancer, then you might want to be lower on the carbohydrate curve. So then you might want to take out starchy vegetables. You might want to limit your carbs to around 20 to 30 total grams of carbs a day because of your health issues, not because of your addiction. And then you want to take out the things that don't align with your values. So that would be like your beliefs, like maybe you're Jewish and maybe you're uh, you don't want to eat pork or Muslim. You don't you, you want to eat halal meats, you know, so you so you eliminate things that way. And then we say you should always have your food plan grow with you. So we say if you have eaten a meal and you ate something on your meal and two hours later you feel hungry. There, there was a trigger on your plate. And so there's also trigger foods. And so for some people, fruit is a huge trigger. They eat one blueberry and they're done. They're thinking about sugar all day. That's not my story. You know, I, I have a lot of things eliminated because of my autoimmunity. I'm pretty much carnivore most of the time. 
So I eat, you know, all kinds of animal protein, salt, a little spice from now and again, fermented vegetables seem to be easier on my body than regular vegetables, you know, so I'm limited anyway. What kind of autoimmune issues do you have? I have rheumatoid arthritis, Sjogren's disease, Renaud's, celiac, and uh, um, psoriasis. So talk of, now, have you been able to keep those at bay with doing what you're doing? So like, has the psoriasis gone and talk about that? My psoriasis isn't completely gone. I'm literally, I call myself an autoimmune nightmare. I've had autoimmunity since I was five years old and I'm sure it started with celiac, but we just didn't know it back then. And I'm Italian raised in San Francisco. So I ate pasta and sourdough bread. <laughs> you know, that's, that was, that's what we ate. And so I had horrible migraine headaches. I had um, thick nails from psoriasis of the nails. And 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and I could hardly wipe my own ass for for three years. And I was on four medications just for my rheumatoid, including 30 milligrams of prednisone every day for three years. And I literally got the hairy face, the moon face, the, and, and in the past two years, I've been off of all my medications more than I've been on them. I'm back on Humira right now. And I, I just think I'm probably going to have to stay on my Humira, but I'm pretty happy. I'm 55. I can move. I can do what I want, you know, and, and it all started with removing things from my diet that aren't healthy anyway, that going back to a prehistorical diet, you know, going back to a diet before we had agriculture and it helped so much, you know, and then I found out I had celiac. That's how I got started. I removed the gluten and it was like the tin man got oil. It was amazing. Like I could, I could move so much more freely And so I was able to taper off of the prednisone, you know, then I was able to get off of another medication, uh, you know, that was keeping me from being able to enjoy the outdoors because I got sunburnt in two seconds from from being on that medication. Plaquenil, it's a medication that uh, was talked about a lot with our virus going on right now, you know. And then uh, I was on seven tablets of methyltrexate, which just made me sick to my stomach. My hair was falling out. That's a chemo med. You know, and so a lot of these situations were, I think, due to the way I ate, like I would have been a lot better off had I not been a sugar addict. And like I said, sugar is the primary or first drug. It's the gateway drug to all other drugs. And I'm also a recovering addict with 31 years clean. And I started my drug use very young, you know, because all the emotions I had around getting teased about my nails and, you know, uh, being a very scrawny kid, you know picked last on the team. Of course, I was scrawny because of my celiac, but I didn't know that, you know? And so uh, just all kinds of things. And and plus my brain had already been hijacked. I remember bellying up to like three long tables. My mom worked for this huge law firm and there, there were three long tables loaded with dessert. Like everybody in their firm brought all these desserts. And I remember eating till I thought I was gonna vomit. I could not stop eating those desserts. I would go and play and I would think, I'm going to go get another brownie. You know, it was like, I couldn't even enjoy. This was on grounds outside of San Francisco that had playhouses and little, you know, it was like a magical fantasy land for kids. And all I could think about was the dessert. And I was like seven years old, you know, and how much sugar could I cram into my face? Because it changed the way I felt. 
Hey guys, I want to talk to you about something that can lead to chronic disease. Yes, it's sugar. Over 70% of Americans are eating more sugar than they need to, and I was one of them. And I kept saying, you know, this is my last time. I'm going to cut back. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I didn't. I saw all the negative health effects. It was weakening my immune system, and I just couldn't say no. And that's until I discovered some really practical steps to just eliminating sugar from my life for good, and I wanna teach you that as well. So everything I've learned to break my sugar addiction in my 30-day Kick Sugar Challenge. You're gonna get exclusive access to a private Facebook group. You're gonna have four weekly calls. You're gonna get an accountability partner. I'm gonna be personally walking you through these next 30 days. The most important thing you're gonna learn though in these 30 days is the mindset you need to kick the sugar, to take your intermittent fasting to the next level. So just go to chantelrayway.com slash kick sugar to learn more. The best part is it's only $30 right now. That's a dollar a day investing in you for 30 days. It officially doesn't start until January 4th, but if you join now, you're gonna get pre-access to the group and we're gonna give you practical tips to not overindulge through the holidays. On December 15th, the price is gonna go up. So click the link in the description and you'll get to go to chantelrayway.com slash kick sugar and you can join the group for just $30. So with the Sjogren's syndrome, that's a disorder of your immune system. And yes. mostly it's, you know, dry eyes, dry mouth, right? Yes. That was your biggest and it, common it, thing. system. It, yes, definitely. My eyes turned as red as my shirt. And I was reading a book to my daughter and I couldn't, my tongue was sticking to the top of my mouth and I was choking on food. I literally, you know, made no saliva. And to me, Sjogren's is like, it's one of those diseases that it's very uncomfortable. It's one that you notice, you know, and it, and it affects your whole lymph system. So I do a lot of things like my trampoline. I have a sauna, you know, a lot of self-care things that help kind of shake up that system, dry brushing, that kind of thing. But I think, um, you know, discovering uh, what I can't eat in that, you know, get rid of the addictive foods, get, but the, the, for me, it was backwards. Cause I did the, I did the middle section first, right. I did the health. And so I was eating like that. And what would happen is I would take a day off and I would think I was going to have one bite or just a little bit of sugar, you know, and I would like eat that one sour gummy. Well, I'm the kind of addict that when I used drugs, I used yours and then I didn't let you know about mine. So say me and my family went to the movies, I would buy my candy, I would eat theirs and I wouldn't share mine, you know? And then the next day I would be completely flared up. And even knowing this was gonna happen and that it was gonna hurt me, I would continue to do this behavior because I wasn't taking it seriously. And I used to call myself like little funny names. Oh, I'm just a foodie. I'm a food junkie. I prided myself on my recipe collection and my ability to prepare these outstanding multi-course meals. You know, I watched Food Network, like some people watch porn, you know, it was, it was really crazy behavior looking back. And I ran across Bitten Johnson in a video and I was like, wow, this makes sense because she's a recovering person who then found out she had sugar addiction. And the difference in my recovery and the difference in my clarity of mind, 
my serenity, my peace, my energy level, just waking up in the morning and knowing that for me, just as drugs are not an option for me today, sugar is not an option for me today. It hurts me. It damages me. I don't want to do harm to myself. And so, uh, you know, being trained with her in holistic addiction medicine has been a game changer for my coaching practice as well. Uh, I have uh, clients that literally are, are so much more compliant and changing their lives like crazy. In fact, on Piece of Keto, which is my YouTube channel, one of my clients read a letter that she uh, wrote for her congregation. She's a Lutheran minister about her addiction, and it is so powerful. And that was after using the sugar tool with me. So, so let's talk about the lymphatic system because it's it really is a central part of your immune system, and it's also a really it it supports just a huge vital role in cancer prevention. Um, so I have a friend who just recovered from breast cancer. And so we're always talking about, you know, lymph nodes and people, sometimes people don't realize that you have a whole lymphatic system in your body, you know, and they don't really understand what it does. It's your second circulatory system really, but it requires movement to circulate. And so with Sjogren's, it gets backed up or clogged up. And same thing with like when you have breast cancer, they oftentimes remove lymph nodes, which interrupts that circulatory system. And then they can get like the edema and swelling in their arms and that kind of thing. And I'm very surprised and pleasantly surprised that you even know anything about Sjogren's. Usually it's like speaking Greek to someone when you even bring up that disease. And it's a it's a very serious disease. And your lymph system, one of the ways you can help it is movement. And so even weightlifting, that contraction helps move it. One of my favorites is a trampoline, getting a a mini indoor rebounder, get a good quality one that's not going to mess with your ankles. You know, I like the ones that have the wires rather than the bands because it's a little bit more stable for your ankles and, uh, 10 minutes a day, even just light bouncing. You can get a bar if you if you don't have your balance. And for me, it's given me back my ability to balance and strengthen my feet and my ankles from my rheumatoid arthritis as well. So that's a huge bonus. I also have one of those plates that you can stand on that shakes the heck out of you. Me too. And I love it. it. It energizes me in the middle of the day. And even if you don't have a, a lymphatic problem, it's not a bad practice to get into dry brush, brushing, jumping, jumping jacks. If you don't want to have a tramp, you know, uh, massage, saunas, um, self-massage, you know, you can even just do things like this is me in the shower or in my sauna, right? Just, you're just moving your lymph um, fluid all towards your heart. And so this is where a lot of your waste is, is in your lymph system. And I believe that's part of what the cancer causing aspect of of your lymph system not being cleaned out you know lymphoma all those kinds of things is you're getting a backup of of junk in there and sugar is food for cancer you know that's another thing to consider that sugar is um, glucose in particular is one of cancer's only foods it's something like 70 or 80 percent of cancer is fueled solely by glucose so if I had cancer, I would go completely um, 
onto a ketogenic carnivore diet. And what that means is you eat enough protein to sustain your muscle and bone, but you eat so much fat that you're in a therapeutic level of ketosis. So you maintain your energy because that protein can turn into glucose as well. So you don't want to eat so much protein like some carnivore diets, you know, and I actually have friends that have survived cancer doing that cancer that they weren't supposed to survive. So, you know, food is truly medicine and it's, it can be so healing. And the thing is your brain heals when you remove addictive substances from your, from your diet. And we say, you know, alcohol is liquid sugar. So there's no room in that pyramid either for, for alcohol when you're an addict, because that's just going to trigger that same area of your brain. So we say, stay away from all mood and mind altering substances, period. Because again, one disease, many outlets. And you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, switch ships, seats on the Titanic, as my friend David says. And I know you know David, but you, that's what you're doing. You're switching ships on the Titanic. You know, you start your shopping addiction. You start, you know, I'm talking about once you know you're an addict, then you have to like take responsibility for what are your behaviors. And it's not about willpower, it's about being willing to go through withdrawals. And if you do it once, you don't have to do it again. Then you just have to do a daily program that keeps you safe from those, from those trigger behaviors. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you I'm offering a free weight loss virtual Bible study. Now is the perfect time to focus on understanding true hunger and fullness and learn what the Bible has to say about it. All you have to do is go to ChantelRayWay.com slash Bible study. After you sign up, you'll receive a six week Bible study video that you can watch on your own or you can get a small group of people and do it together. That's ChantelRayWay.com slash Bible study for your free six week Bible study course. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the lymph system a little bit more because I think for me, this is it has helped me so much, um, really understanding that my body relies on my lymphatic system to remove waste, like bacteria, yeah. viruses, toxins, abnormal cells, and that can lead to cancer. And so I just really, you know, the things that I do all the time are, I, I try to create a habit of, I have the, the vibrating plates, which I yeah. try to get on as at least five times a week, get in that sauna at least four or five times a week, um, and get a massage at least two times a week. So talk a little bit about, do you know the differences between a sauna and an infrared sauna and kind of the, how that helps your lymphatic system? I think that a lot of that is just anecdotal. You know, there's no real science out there. I think anything that warms you up and warms your core temperature greater than, you know, than it was is going to be beneficial to your lymphatic system because it's going to help those everything kind of loosen up and flow a little better. And so, I mean, literally, I mean, if you can even just take a nice warm hot bath or warm bath and then dry, or dry brush before you get into the shower, that kind of thing, because not everybody has the luxury of having a sauna. You know, mm -hmm. although now you can cheap out those, you're talking about infrared, you can buy a panel that you just sit in front of and they are not expensive. And, and yes, it's very helpful to your lymph system. And it is, if people don't understand their bodies, that's part of what we're going to be doing at Sugar X Global is helping people understand their bodies and how they work because your body doesn't work 
like, here's your heart and it's all by yourself and here's this and it's all by, by itself. No, it's a, it's a whole ecosystem and you actually have more cells in and on your body than you have that are your own body. So we're going to be educating a lot. And I'm actually a primal health coach and an ex nurse. And, uh, and my husband's a cardiologist and we're going to have a segment called the coach and the cardiologist where people can actually ask questions about how their body works, because part of, I think, recovery from, from dieting, from chronic dieting, recovery from anything from autoimmunity, whatever is beginning to have an understanding and basic concept of how your body works. And your lymph system is kind of like the big garbage removal system of your body. But it starts even smaller than that. You know, each cell has tiny little cells called liposomes that are the kind of the trash men of your body. And on a cellular level, the better your body works because you're eating more nutrient dense foods, you're well hydrated, you're sleeping and moving properly. Then, then you're talking about epigenetics. You can actually change your epigenetics. And so as your brain heals, that's part of what's happening when you get rid of these processed foods and all of these things and health starts to return to your brain cells, your neurotransmitters, your and neurotransmitters are largely made in your gut, you know, so it's all tied together. So thinking of one system on its own is almost too myopic and small and, and honestly, if you just remove the junk from you, from what you're putting in your mouth, get a good night's sleep, do some breathing. I love this little tool because stress is huge, you know, and this is called the relaxator and it slows your rests down to like five or six per minute without thinking. I'll be sitting here, you know, emailing my clients, doing some paperwork, whatever. And I don't even have to think and I can, I can decrease my cortisol, which is good for my immune system, you know, and uh, you can get these on, um, it's called the relaxator and you can get it on conscious breathing. And they also have, I think the best sleep tape out there and sleep tape you put it over your mouth. And if you just put your hand over your mouth right now and take a few breaths, you'll see that your diaphragm works better. Nasal breathing is so much more healthier and better for your immune system. And it helps you with your nitric oxide levels, which have a lot to do with your metabolism. And a lousy night's sleep can make your appetite increase by 300 to 600 calories. So there's another health thing that you can do for yourself that's simple, inexpensive, and increases your ability to even if you're even if you're just a harmful user and you want to lose that those few pounds, it's like a quick little biohack you can do that you don't even think about, and it just gets you into a deeper sleep in the hours between ten and two. Which ten and two, that's when you upregulate your uh, growth hormone, and that helps your body. Well, this has been great. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Well, we just opened up our Facebook page for um, SugarX Global, and I'm also on Piece of Keto on Facebook and YouTube, (coughs) and I have free groups on on, uh, Facebook and Piece of Keto with lots of great information, recipes, videos, um, talks about how your body works, why you shouldn't eat these bad seed oils. And I invite anyone that wants to improve their health of, or has curiosity to come on. 
Awesome. Well, this has been great. Thank you again for being with us. And if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantelRayway.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at ChantelRayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.